I remember as a, as a young girl, three or four, my great-grandmother took me to a place with one man and they put me in a ring of fire and they were initiating me. I think from that moment, something was activated in my life. But what my great-grandmother didn't know is that on the other side, my aunt was taking me to church as a four or five-year-old. At that point, I was trying to commit suicide because this demon that was my spirit guide was harassing me so was pushing me was he wanted more because when you partner with darkness when you are consecrated there is a point that you have to give more to go to the next level and i remember when i put my foot in that place it was like something that i have never experienced in my life this presence suddenly just hugged me and i felt such a love that i have never felt in my life What's going on everybody? God bless you. I am excited for you to hear, watch this new testimony. But I did want to let you know about some exciting news. We have partnered with multiple organizations, churches that are ready to help you through whatever you may be going through. Okay, now we've reached 50 million people all over the world and we have seen time and time and time again in the comment sections the needs. And, uh, and we prayed about this. We asked the Lord to, to guide us and to provide resources. And uh, thankfully, the Lord has answered and we have those resources for you. And so if you are in need of help, if you are in need of a church, if you are in need of community, if you just want to talk to somebody about struggles that you're going through or questions that you have, there will be a link in the comment section down below pinned at the top that you can click and then it will take you to a form where you can fill out your basic information and then somebody in your local community will contact you within 48 hours. We're really, really excited about this, so please take advantage of it if you need to, okay? God bless you and enjoy the new testimony. Well, Julie, it's an honor to be in your home country of Colombia. Uh, for the people who don't know you, who maybe have never seen you, could you just introduce yourself to those who are watching on the other side of the screen? Yeah, so my name is Julie, Julie Lopez. I'm originally from Colombia in uh, South America, and I have been here for one year and a half already. I was raised in Spain, then I moved to the UK, and now the Lord brought me back to Colombia after 25 years. Wow. Julie, how long have you been faithfully walking with Jesus now? So I converted when I was 19 years old, so around 14 years ago, and faithfully walking with the Lord around 11 years now. Wow. Um, well, we're thankful, one, that you've welcomed us into Bereda and you've helped us, you know, just be here, encouraged our team to be here. Tell us about your testimony of Jesus, starting with your childhood. As I said, I was born here in Colombia and um, my family, my grandmother, my mom, my great grandmother, as far as we know, all of us, um, we were involved in the occultism. So there was five generations of witches, um, which is quite normal here in 
Colombia. Like people practice it and, you know, people don't say I am a witch. It's just mm. sometimes it's part of the culture, it's part of the DNA of a family. And that, that was our case. So when I was here in Colombia living for the first six to seven years of my life, I had a lot of supernatural encounters with darkness. Um, it was literally our daily breath. Like my family, they never told me anything about Jesus, anything about demons. And I remember my first experience with darkness was when I was only four years old. And I remember I was sleeping with my mom and I hear this evil thing entering the room. Like, again, I didn't know anything about demons, anything about tongues, anything about darkness. And I remember this evil thing entering the room, speaking in tongues. I wasn't dreaming. I was awake. And this thing started to touch my legs, speaking in tongues and just like singing and releasing something into the atmosphere. So by that moment, I was petrified as a four or five year old. I didn't know how, what to do. I couldn't even scream because I was frozen. And I remember the next day when I wake up, eventually I wake up in panic mode. I have to tell my mom, like last night there was this thing in our, in our room. It was a speaking in tongues, singing. And my mom said that during that day, she thought that I was going to get crazy because mm. again, throughout the day, when I was looking myself in the mirror, I saw fire coming out of my eyes. So it was like the enemy was trying to just attack me uh, throughout the day. But, you know, since a really young, young age, I always felt that this was this fight for my life. Because in one side, we have darkness, we have witchcraft, rituals. I remember the first ritual that I remember as a, as a young girl was when I was, I don't know, I was probably three, three or four. And my great-grandmother took me to a place with one man and they put me in a rain of fire and they were in initiating me. Wow. They were doing like um, witchcraft around me. And I remember just as a young girl being sitting in that rain of fire, looking at both of them doing stuff all around me. And I remember, I think from that moment, something was activated in my life. But what my great-grandmother didn't know is that on the other side, my aunt was taking me to church as a four or five-year-old. And when I became Christian, one of the questions that I always asked God was, why me? Why I didn't die? Because throughout all of my life, there were so many opportunities where I could have died. And my first question was, God, why me? Why I didn't die? Why I was exposed to death? Why you preserve my life? And the Lord started to give me this vision. So when I was young and my aunt was taking me to the church, and I remember one of, the, of those meetings where my aunt took me to the altar. And the Lord told me, because you were consecrated since a really young age, that's mm. why I preserve your life. So throughout all of those years here in Colombia, I was exposed to darkness. I, I was exposed to accidents. It kind of felt like the enemy was coming for my life. And I was involved in car accidents. I almost fell off a horse. There was one experience where I was in a horse as a five-year-old at the back and we were going up this hill, right? So at the back, there was like stones, mud. There, it, it was crazy. And I remember I was falling and I was trying to grab and I was like, oh, like, like a little girl, like almost crying. And I felt these hands grabbing my waist and putting me on the ground. Mm. And literally when I turned around, it was, it was, it, it was just me. 
And everyone was looking at me like, how do you just go there? But I literally felt these hands like, and they put me on solid ground. And when I look back, I saw like the hill and I was like, Lord, like I almost fell. And I was so close to dying, but I felt like there was an angel that preserved my life. And throughout that season, there was like these accidents that I keep having. And always I felt like there was something protecting my life. There was an angel or something just just preserving me and stopping me from dying. And then when I was six, we moved to Spain. And in Spain, my life was eventually was better. Things started to improve because here I was suffering with a lot of abuse. Um, There was a a lot of trauma. And then in there, it felt like things were improving. But then I started to have these crazy dreams. Like throughout all of my life, I dreamed, but I didn't know what it meant or how can I stop these dreams from happening? Why am I dreaming and things are coming to pass? So when I was in Spain, when I was 12 years old, my mom had this friend that she was um, a white witch. I believe as a Christian that every type of witchcraft, whether it's white, black, green, is wrong. So by that point, we thought that white witchcraft was the innocent. It was good. It was all about nature and taking care of nature and connecting with nature and being careful with the things that you declare. So this witch started to teach me the power of my words. She started to uh, teach me how to control my dreams because, as I said, I started to have these crazy dreams that they will become true in days. And there was one day that I remember specifically I was about to go to school as a 12-year-old. And I remember the night before I had this dream where I saw trains exploding and I saw a lot of people are running, screaming. So when I wake up from the dream, I was shocked. I was like, okay, this seems quite real. And when I went to have breakfast and we put on the news at 8 a.m. in the morning, I think it was on a 12th of September or 11th, something like that. And there were just the news came out up and they were saying that there was a terror attack in Madrid and they literally show the trains exploding, people running around. So when I saw that, I was petrified. And from that moment, so after a few days of that, this witch come and she told my mom, I feel like your daughter has a gift. She has something. So she started to kind of like mentor me, train me. And she told me the power of my words. She told me the declaration. She told me how to read white candles, manifestation, how to bring things into reality. But she told me, you have to be careful with darkness. You have to be careful not to be involved in like wishing bad things to people or cursing people because it can happen. Like you have the power in in your words. So even at that moment, I knew the power of the words. Hmm. I knew that if I declare something, we could bring those things to pass. So I was super careful by that point. Okay, what are you declaring? Uh, What are you listening to? So it became super normal at that point. And after a few years, we moved to a different city where my father was born uh, in the north of um, Spain. At that point, things started to get quite dark because my mom 
now had a friend that was involved in black witchcraft, right? She will move in white witchcraft, black witchcraft. But my mom, um, my mom didn't realize because they used to do these rituals together, smoking and do different kind of things for lack, for cleansing of the house, um, doing things on people. They used to just see what's happening with this person, right? So we will come together and start doing tobacco reading or tarot card reading just to see how is the other person doing. And is uh, when you talk about uh, tarot card readings, is that considered black magic or white magic? So depend on what you use it for. So sometimes people just want to use it to know their future. So that's considered like white magic, like innocent, it's not harmful. Mm. But as you are knowing what the other person is doing or what is the future, you can use that information to harm the other person. So it becomes like black magic. So as I said before, it doesn't matter if it's white, black, everything occultism related is wrong because what a spirit is guiding the experience. For us, it's the Holy Spirit, but what about for them? It's not the Holy Spirit. So it's familiar spirit, it's other type of demons. Yeah. So and, and Julie, before you move on there, just just to kind of get some clarification here, just in case people may not know about these things. And I don't want to steer too too much away either. What other things are considered? I think we when we look at black magic, it's like, okay, we know that's black magic, the the rituals and the dark and the Satanists and all of that. But what is considered white magic? magic that we don't even think or some people may not think oh that's actually causing harm that's a really good question because i see even a lot of christians doing white magic and they think but i'm not doing any harm this is normal right one of the things is crystals right crystals for protection crystals for healing crystals we used to also use crystals to know the future so crystals have different um uses tarot cards like you have tarot cards all of these books of manifestation what is teaching you is new age um declare this declare money manifest money manifest love in your in in your life all of those things are look like are look like um they are no offensive they mm. look like they are just normal they those things will harm you another thing that i would say also is movies about witchcraft that you think oh this is just fun and just gonna go there and just um watch these terror movies but in reality you are opening portals in that moment so there's a lot a lot of things like crystals tarot card reading sage sage like burning sage all around your house because you are thinking with this sage i'm gonna get rid of demons so i'm just cleansing this space in here that's why witchcraft that's witchcraft mm. so everything that looks like inoffensive even you going outside speaking to nature you know as a new ager like you go outside and you're connecting to this thing that's also why witchcraft so everything that looks like inoffensive like it's not gonna harm anyone is considered why witchcraft but in reality as i said all of those things regardless of the color are opening doors and are opening portals to the enemy mm. So your your family went from at well you and your and your mom and your family went from at some point doing witchcraft now getting a little bit more involved with the other side just tell us about that process and what that looked like as your life continued yeah, so as I mentioned, when we were in Spain and we moved to the different city, now we had this other witch coming to the picture, and she was moving more in black witchcraft, 
right? So now what it happens is that when she saw me, I remember I was in the living room of my house and my mom inviting her. So she came in, she looked at me and she put this face and she looked at my mom and she said to my mom, your daughter has a gift. I have to train her. Mm. Your daughter has something. And I was there like, whoa, what's going on here? So to the point that she told my mom, we have to do a ritual. We have to consecrate her. We have to give her to this spirit guy, right? So we did this ritual. All of us were dressing in white. Um, there was other witches there too. And they put me in the middle of the circle, all of them around. And they just started to just call upon this demon that is an spirit guide. It's, it's called the Wakaipuro Indian. It's one of the uh, seven, it's one of the three Venezuelan powers. It's a principality. So they just started to call upon that. And what happened with this is that not anyone can call upon this demon. Only the ones that is believed that only the ones that are chosen can have access to this demon. So when we were doing the ritual, now this demon came and they gave me to this principality and he became my spirit guide. Hmm. So I used to be quite sensitive to his presence. I knew when he was in a room, I knew when he was walking around, even there was one point where he was breaking things in the house in the middle of the night. And I wasn't scared because I knew, oh, that's my that's my spirit guy. He's here. So now from that moment, every time that I wanted to do a ritual, now this witch was also training me with crystals. But she was now, because I was a teenager, I was becoming quite aggressive, right? So when I was going to school and I didn't, I, I, I saw that people were talking about me or doing or doing things i knew i'm just gonna go home speak to my spirit guy and i'm just gonna put a course on you so i was i was becoming at that point like i know now that i have the power i know now that if you come for me i can come for you with no doubt so by that point with this woman i realized i have the power you cannot do anything to me because i have this spirit guy which is powerful i can put courses on you i can do witchcraft on you and i remember there was one point where my ex, um, my ex cheated on me and I knew the person that he cheated on me, who she was. And I remember I did witchcraft on her. I was so angry. I did witchcraft on her. And eventually when I became Christian, I had to repent for that because the Lord reminded me that I was doing witchcraft on her and just trying to kill her. So when I became Christian, I found out that the girl was in the hospital dying. Eventually my first reaction was calling my ex and I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry. Um, can I please pray for her? And he was like, yes, please pray for her. She's dying. Um, she had this awful accident that we don't even know what happened. Her, she fell and her brain just uh, got swollen. And at that point, I was praying for her and the Holy Spirit reminded me, you the witchcraft, witchcraft on her and you were trying to kill her. Mm. You were literally putting all of your strength for her to die. At that moment, I started to cry. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want her life to be on my hands. And I started to cry, to cry, Lord, forgive me. Lord, please save her, Lord, please. And you know what? That night, I had a dream with her. And in the dream, she was coming dressed in white. And I was just telling her like, I'm so sorry. But she looked at me and she said like, don't worry, I'm fine. I'm gonna be fine. When I wake up, I knew she died. And straight away after like 15, 20 minutes of me having that dream, my ex messaged me and he was like, she just died. She's gone. I knew. Mm -hmm. But at that point I knew that, okay, the Lord forgave me. And I know that she's fine, that she is with God now. Um, because during that process of her dying, I kind of like prayed with her, like the, pray the prayer of faith. 
and all of that. So that was for me quite touching. Like I realized like, wow, it actually impacted someone's life. And um, yeah, so that was. Hmm. Now, Julie, take us, take us to the process of uh, how God was pursuing you in this, you know, so much darkness, generations of darkness. This is not something that just started with you. And you knew about this. A lot of times we don't know about the generational patterns. How did Jesus come into your life and rescue you and ultimately save you from all of this and heal you from all of this? So before I met Jesus, something happened in my life that was kind of like the cataclysm, like the, the chaos in my life. And it was um, basically one week before my dad died, I had this dream where I saw these black birds coming for me, for my head. But in the dream, my dad kind of like protecting me and those animals were eating his head. When I wake up from that dream, I was like, I know this means something, but I don't know what it is, Lord, what is going on here? I wasn't Christian by that point. And by that point also, I was living with this, with this witch. So before I went to live with her, we did a ritual in the house. We went at the entrance of the house, all of the witches, we were in a circle and we were speaking in tongues. So that's something that when I became Christian, I struggled with uh, the idea of speaking in tongues because I was like, we used to speak in tongues in the occultism. I don't know if this is right as a Christian. Um, so we were doing that ritual at the entrance of the house and the main one, the, the, the main witch, she started to get possessed and this demon took over her. Her voice changed, her face changed, her body, everything, and she was just controlled. And she looked at me and my mom, so this demon, he started to say, someone in your family is going to die in one week. It was actually giving the days and the declaration was released. Wow. So my mom looked at me and my mom started to cry. And this demon keeps saying, do you want to know who it is? Do, do, do you want to know who it is? Like aggressive. By that point, I was trying to commit suicide because this demon that was my spirit guy was harassing me. So was pushing me, was he wanted more because when you partner with darkness, when you are consecrated, there is a point that you have to give more to go to the next level. And I didn't want to give more. Like I did, I was trying to commit suicide because I felt like I cannot take this anymore. But also at the point of me cutting myself, all of the blood was going as a sacrifice mm. to this demon. So it was wow. giving him more power and more power. So as he was growing up and taking over my house and taking over me, I was decreasing. So when he started to ask this demon, do you want to know who it is? I look at my mom and I said to her, I don't want to know because if it's me, I know it's going to be me because I'm trying to die. I want to die. Mm. So we closed the session. Everyone was just looking at the, each other like, what did just happen here? We look, literally, we were almost like shocked because we wouldn't, we weren't expecting to this to happen. So we closed the session and eventually all of that stuff in our mind, like one week, who is going to die? Who is going to die? Lord, who is this person? So I went to live with this woman for one week. And after one week exactly, on a Sunday, 28th of September, 2008, at five in the morning, my mom called the witch that I was li living with. And she told my mom, "You, Julie has to come now. And my mom couldn't speak. So we ran to the house. The whole time that I was in the car with this, with this witch, she had like this look on her face of like calm. And I was just thinking, okay, maybe like 
nothing happened. So we went to the house. My mom was outside of the house with my little brother that he was two um, years by that point. She was crying. She couldn't even speak. She couldn't even articulate. So I keep asking her, what happened? What happened? She didn't even say any words. So I went inside of the house. When I went inside of the house, I mean, the darkness in that house, you could touch darkness in that house. That's mm. how bad it was. It was almost that like you have to walk removing these veils in the spirit because it will push you down. And when I entered the house, I went to my parents' room. The light was on. When I entered, it was this awful presence, this atmosphere. I only experienced that twice in my life and that moment. And recently when I was praying with someone against witchcraft in her house, I was only the, 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 the two moments in my life that I experienced that heaviness in my life. So I didn't find my dad there. So I went out. I went next to the storage that we had next to the house. I just felt like, I don't know why I feel like taking it here. And when I pushed the door, my father just committed suicide. He was there. He hung himself. Wow. And when I saw him there, I froze completely. I feel like my mind, my soul, everything left me. And I cried. I kneeled on the floor and I started to cry like, why if there's a God will you take the only good thing that I have in my life right now that's my dad because me and my dad we were like best friends we were super connected my relationship with my mom never was as good so by that point my life was taken we lasted in that house for literally five days because of the atmosphere we were having nightmares I could see my dad passing by eventually it was a familiar spirit and mm. I continuously say that is here that is here so I was getting crazy and, and Julie for for those who may not know when you say familiar spirit what exactly do you mean was this not your dad was what was this a demon what is what was that so familiar spirits are basically demons that are assigned to a family for generations so those spirits know everything about the family they know their weakness they know their strength they take on the form of the person that's why when my mom was invoking her mother apparently this demon came over it was a familiar spirit so when i was looking at my dad passing by you know now i know it was a familiar spirit mm. he was trying to you know make me crazy my mom tells me i don't remember this i have flashes that there was one point where she thinks i was possessed and they found me on the same place that my dad tried to commit suicide. They found me there, tried to hang myself. And I remember having flashes. I thought it, w it was a dream, but I had these flashes of me hung there, trying to die in that place. Wow. And that was when my mom realized we have to leave this house. That was after like four or five days. We couldn't be there because we felt that we were going to die, right? So we pack everything. We pack what we had, what we could, and we went to my mother's house, to my aunt's house. And at that point, my mom realized witchcraft destroyed my family because she had a friend that was moving in white witchcraft. And she called my mom and she told my mom, something happened in your house. I tried to astral project and there was this black cloth all around your house and I couldn't enter. What happened? And my mom said to her, like, you know, my husband just committed suicide. We left the house. So the woman told my mom, I told you that this person that you were bringing to your house wasn't coming with good intentions. So my mom had connection with this woman that was moving in black witchcraft. She also had connection with this other woman because she realized she wasn't Christian, but she realized witchcraft destroyed our family, hmm. right? So she repented and she grabbed a Bible. At this point, I wasn't Christian. She opened the Bible in Psalm 91. And for one month, every single night, we were 
praying Psalm 91 and Psalm 23 to the point that I know those Bible verses now from top to bottom. But at that point, after one month, I wasn't Christian. I didn't believe in anything. I was hating my mom because I thought this is your fault. You created this. So I left my mom after one month and I just went to live with my ex by that point. Now, by that point, I was miserable. My life was destroyed. I was alcoholic by that point. I was still trying to commit suicide. I was lost. I couldn't find a way of escape. And so that happened. So after one year, I went to visit my mom to the city where she was living and someone took us to this church. But this church, all they were doing was giving prophecies. Eventually my mom got offended and she said, this is witchcraft. She was so angry that, that she started to scream, you're moving in witchcraft, this is not from God. So my mom took us and we left the church. But now I got this feeling in me, okay, what is prophecy? I want to know the future, like, you know, I am a witch, but you know, there's something like, I was interested in everything yeah. related with the future, would tell me what's gonna happen to me. So when I went to my city, I went back and I just have this sense of like, okay, I want to know the truth. If there is a God, if there is prophecy, if the, I want to know. So I started to ask my friends, hey, I don't want to go to a Catholic church because throughout all of my life, all of my family were Catholics and we were witches. So I don't want to do anything with that. At the same point, my family used to do certain saints to do witchcraft. So I didn't want to do anything with that. So someone told me, one of my friends that I was um, living with, she told me there is this church in the next city. I'm not sure if you are, are going to like it, but just give it a try. So I remember prior to that, I was so excited to go to that place. And when I went to that place, it took me 30 minutes because it was far from my city. And as a 19 year old girl, I was going there hoping and waiting to find something. And I remember it wasn't the biggest church. It was actually quite tiny, like 30 people, 20, 30 people. And I remember when I put my foot in that place, it was like something that I have never experienced in my life. This presence suddenly just hugged me and I felt such a love that I have never felt in my life. And this person came, he was the apostle, the father of the house, and he just saw me and he smiled and I saw like Jesus through his face. And he hugged me and he said, welcome home. And at that moment, I just started to shake and this presence just took over me at that moment. And that was my first encounter with the love of God. And from that moment, every time that I went to the church, I had an encounter with Jesus. I never left that place without feeling his presence. Every time that I used to go to the church, I used to leave the church shaking. And I know that some people say, oh, just people like to shake for no reason. I felt it. I have no one ever told me, Julie, when you feel the presence of God, you are going to shake, you're going to cry, you're going to fall. And I just, I was there shaking, falling on the floor. The glory of God was there. I couldn't even stand. I couldn't even walk. And as I said, every time that I went to the church, I had an encounter with the power of God. And from that moment, I became addicted. Suddenly all of this stuff, I forgot about all of this darkness and I was like, I, I want this. What is this? So I started to read the Bible. I was super hungry and I started to realize, okay, there is a God. I have felt it. I have felt darkness. I have felt demons. Now I have felt light. I have felt love. I have felt the grace. I have felt the forgiveness at that point. So at that point, I just entered into a, a process of 
falling in love with God. Um, after one year, we moved to the UK. And again, because I didn't break the generational things that I was carrying with my family, I was still suicidal. And I remember that was the last time that I tried to commit suicide when I was in London. And at that point, I was cutting myself. But by that point, I realized, wait, there's Jesus. I can't call upon his name. Hmm. And at that moment, as I was on the floor, like bleeding, I just inside of me, I, w- I was just screaming, Jesus, help me, like screaming, Jesus. And suddenly a woman knocked at the door of the house and there was this Christian lady that came to evangelize to us. And she invited me to this young group called Impact in London. And I started to go there. And that was the beginning of, of myself finding Jesus. And I entered into a process of deliverance, a process of healing, a process of breaking generational things. Because even though now I was Christian and I felt the process of God, I still had demons harassing mm. me at some point. So one of the things that I did. Oh, oh Julie, before you continue from there, I, I'm curious, you know, in that one year, one, I mean, you, you, you tell about your mom, you know, having this, somebody prophesying and saying, you know, basically having flashback to the, to, to the, which uh, things that you guys would do as far as tarot cards and all of these things and her saying, okay, I don't want any part of this, but now your, your family, I would believe they begin to see you experience the love of God and they get to see you in this new place. How, what was the reaction of your family or your friends and the people that you were involved with when it came to witchcraft or in that lifestyle? What was their reaction as they were seeing this happen? So I was the first one in my family to become Christian. So I had my aunt that took me to church when I was young, but she became Jehovah's Jehovah's witness. witness. So I was the first one. So eventually I became so radical and hungry. My friends used to call me Eve, like Eva, Evangelica. That's mm. what I'm saying Spanish. So they used to just call me that. My family just saw me so radical. And my mom, my mom, that when I went to London, that's why I tried to commit suicide that last time. I said the enemy was using her because she used to see me just praying, speaking in tongues, fasting, going to the Bible hungry. I used to go to the cell groups and come home like midnight. So I was so hungry that she used to just say like, you're just crazy. You're just listening to all of these people screaming, blah, blah, blah. What's wrong with you? So she was making my life hell. Mm. And eventually by that point I was fasting for my mom I was praying for her I'm like God you did it with me you're gonna do it with her father touch her life she had an encounter with Jesus too she had an encounter with Jesus she gave her life to God she left all her lifestyle everything that she was doing and she surrendered she became a woman of prayer a woman of intercession even more radical than me by that point eventually at the beginning I was feeling a little bit concerned of what are people going to say about me? What are they going to say if they just find out that I'm following this God and, you know, and experiencing these things? They didn't know that I was also a witch, that I was doing witchcraft because I never shared with anyone, hey, we are just doing rituals. Hey, so my family, my, no, my family knew, my friends, they didn't know. Mm. So now I'm like, and I'm just going to come here and tell them that I'm experiencing this God, that I'm having these experiences, that I'm having dreams, that I'm seeing angels. So it was a process of me of coming out of that feeling ashamed, feeling embarrassed of like God, my background. And when I did, eventually, like there was people that just 
left. Other people just laugh. Eventually, my family, when they saw the change in me, when they saw the, the commitment now, I was studying, I was in uni, I was sold out for God, I was evangelizing in the street. Like my first platform, I always say, was the street. Mm. I was praying for the homeless. I used to go with my youngest son, uh, oldest son, when he was three, two, to the street to evangelize to people, prophesy for people, giving food to the homeless. So when people started to see that, they were like, wow, what's going on around? Right. And at this point, my family, they come for prayer. My family, they see even friends that we used to go and party before. They messaged me, hey, can you please pray for me? Hey, because they know now there is a testimony. There right. are fruits in my life that now people see that and they just think, I want that. I, whatever you have, can you please just pray for me and, re and release that? So that was, um, yeah. And I'm assuming, Julie, you had also a lot of, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just assuming that you had a lot of physical witchcraft items or things to do these rituals. So as you're encountering God, what was that process like of cleaning out? Was it hard? Did you come against any attacks? Was it easy just because, you know, the presence of God? Like, what was that like for you to just clean out? So I feel like with every person, it's different. Right. I feel in my case, there was so much grace mm. and protection at the beginning. I feel like God was trying to bring me close to him first, making me fall in love with him. Because even at that point when I converted, I knew darkness. So I told God, God, I want to fight demons. I want to come against all of these things that kill my dad. So I had a mentality. Guess what? I started to study demonology. I started to grab this book and read about principalities and blah, blah. Mm. When I was in the process, the Holy Spirit told me, close that book now. I hear it so clear. And I was just there like, Okay, is that you, God? Are you telling me? And the Holy Spirit told me, close that now. I close it and he told me, now you're going to be focusing, you're going to be focusing in me. Mm. Get to know me first before you go to darkness. You know how long I was in that process? 10 years. In 10 years, the Lord didn't allow me to learn about the, the demonology, principality, nothing for 10 years. All I did in those 10 years was worshiping was learn le learning about intimacy with the holy spirit mm. learning about the angelic learning about his kingdom why because i already knew too much about his kingdom the enemy's kingdom so now he was like no you are going to learn about me first before you enter now into the e the enemy's camp eventually at first it felt like it was easy i just w was throwing my things but eventually i have a covenant with this principality right and i had a coin right? With him, a golden coin with his face that was representing our covenant. The same way that when you get married, you have a ring. Wait, that so this, this you said it's a physical coin. So where, where did this coin come from? It's just I like actually don't know. At the time of the ritual, when we were doing the rituals, they get the coin. It's a gold golden coin, a coin of gold with his face printed. So I guess they made it and then they consecrate it. Wow. So at the time of the ritual, it's there in the altar and they just gave it to me like, this is your commitment, your covenant with your spirit guide now. Wow. So I had that even throughout the years that I was a Christian and I was experiencing the presence of God. Now, there was a point where I met my husband I started to experience darkness, like things at that point started to be like, I was like, why now I'm, a, I'm experiencing darkness? It was like, suddenly I was coming out of this bubble that I was in and shoo, 
pulled into this place. Now I could feel this demon touching me, this demon coming at nine and moving the things. And eventually I never shared with anyone about any of this. So I was just going in the process. My husband knew that I was a Christian now. And when I was pregnant with my oldest, I was six months. And one day he just comes to me and he tells me, I had a dream. He never dreamed. He was a person that was into science. He didn't believe in God. He didn't believe in anything. So for him to come to me and say, I have a dream, I was like, interesting. Okay, what do you dream? And he told me, I saw this person dressed like this, like this, like this. It was my spirit guy mm. coming to me, asking me for permission to come to you. And I was looking at him and I was like, what did you say to him? Like he was like, I just tell him to go because I don't know who that person was. Eventually now the Holy Spirit told me, share with him your life. So now I had to tell him, hey, I was a witch before this happened. I was consecrated to this spirit guy. The person that you saw in your dream is this demon. He literally described him as like, he's an indigenous man. Wow. And so I called my mom. My mom by that, by that point was Christian. She was learning about deliverance, iniquities. And she told me, have you ever had deliverance from this spirit? And I was like, no. So we had a deliverance session basically to get disconnected for, from this spirit guy that was my spirit guy. So we broke the covenant. I was now vomiting. I was like, everything was coming out of me after all of, all of those years. And I had a coin with him. Now I have to throw that coin away. And me throwing that away, it was like he was just coming around, touching, moving, everything. The moment that I throw that coin that represents covenant, that object, it broke. Wow. He never again came. Till this point, I have never felt his presence. And my husband told me that at the present of us doing the deliverance, this demon came again to him in dreams and asked him one more time, let me go to her. Give me permission because demons understand authority, right? right? That is rank in the spiritual realm. Demons are subject. There's demons of high rank, demons of low rank, pr principalities. So when, when they, they only come to you if you give them access and if you give them legal right. So him coming to my husband was, he saw that now my husband was my head. He was my authority. So when he came to my husband for the second time, my husband told him, now he knew. So he was like, go away. You don't have anything to do here on my or with my wife, with my son. They seen her belly. Go away. And he left. And that was the last time that he was around us. So at that point, I started now a process of deliverance in other areas. But after I had that encounter with God, with his presence, falling in love, then the Lord softly took me, transitioned me into now this process of delivering me from this spirit guy. So I felt like my process is different from other people that come from the occultism. In my case, because of everything that I experienced, the death, the darkness, the trauma, the abuse, the Lord wanted to make sure first that I was first established in his love and in his grace. So in case this demon came, I wouldn't run away to him again. So I feel like that was my process. And as I said, from that moment, I started to go through this process of now healing all the areas, delivering the trauma, the abandonment with my dad, things that I did when I was in the occultism that I have to repent, that, that I have to confess, that I have to renounce. Until this point, I always say deliverance is daily. For me, deliverance is every single day you are asking the Holy Spirit to show you things that you have to repent, that you have to renounce in order to be able to just be every single day closer to be like Jesus. Hmm. Julie, uh, remind me again now, how long has it been since you gave your life to Jesus at 19? So how long has it been now? 
13, 14 years. Wow. And you said 10, 10 years of that was just falling really in love with Jesus. A lot of people have been able to see your testimony um, because of the grace of God, the favor of God over your life and the technology, right? To be able to share testimonies. Talk to me about the, the, the calling and you know at some point you couldn't read he wouldn't allow you to read these 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 books um and you said that there was also a favor but then at some point you came into attack and all so talk to me about that as as you now are falling in love with jesus and now you're starting to god is starting to use you to set people free what was that process like and what did that warfare and, and that relationship with Jesus then look like in that space? That was a crazy transition. I remember that was three to four years ago. I was sleeping and the Holy Spirit woke me up and I hear his voice, like audible voice, get ready for warfare. And I was like, okay, this sounds interesting. So does this mean that now I'm allowed to research about a spiritual warfare and research about these things? So he, he mentioned that. And I started to have these dreams of setting people free, like demons. I started to have this dream now of demons, people manifesting, me praying for people. So I was interested. I was like, okay, Lauren, so you are telling me now that this is the season. But now at the same time, I started to experience the warfare. It was crazy. So when the Lord now confirmed to me deliverance, I'm going to anoint you for deliverance to help other people. I remember the first day that I did a teaching on deliverance. That was the warfare of my life. Suddenly I fell again, all of this darkness that I felt when I was in the occultist and coming to me, this heaviness to the point that I have to tell my husband, I just finished this teaching. I feel like I have to go to sleep. I feel so heavy. I feel dizzy. I don't know what's going on. And I went to sleep. And when I wake up, the Lord told me like, now you are experiencing what it is to be on my kingdom by fighting darkness. Mm. And at that point, I started to do one-on-one -on -one deliverance on people. So I, I put myself out. Hey, if you want deliverance, if you want prayer, I didn't have a clue. But in the process, the Holy Spirit guided me. He was guiding me, all of these people that I was helping with to be set free. Now I was getting the warfare. Like the demons were like in dreams. I was feeling the heaviness until eventually I learned that, okay, this cannot attack me anymore. There was one point that I remember to when I started to be involved in all of this. I remember one day I had this dream and in the dream, because I was panicking that, Lord, now I'm exposed, now darkness, now I'm here. Because I felt like before I was like in this bubble of protection. So I felt like at this point, like, okay, I feel like darkness are starting to know me. They know that, oh, Julian is now here. He's coming for us. And I was having that thought and I had this dream and in the dream, I saw myself with like a cloth of invisibility walking into this house. And I was walking in this house. When I pushed the door, I saw this witch that was doing black witchcraft, the one that was training me, the one that gave mm. me to this demon and consecrated me in bed with the other witch. They were doing witchcraft on us. They were trying to see in the spirit where we were, what we were doing. They were doing witchcraft there in bed. And when I saw that, I was panicking. I was like, I knew that they were doing witchcraft because there was so much warfare like Lord. But when I, I came out of the, they didn't see me in the dream. I came out of the room, I closed the door. And when I wake up, the Holy Spirit told me, I am protect, protecting you now. In the dream, I forgot to say, 
these witches started to say, why we cannot see her? Why we cannot see them? There's this, this white cloth around them, this shiny thing mm. that we cannot see where they are. What are they doing? It was like we were protected. So when I wake up from the dream, the Holy Spirit told me, I'm protecting you. You are still in my bubble, regardless that now that you are fighting darkness and I'm preparing you for this, I'm still protecting you and I'm still covering you with this cloth of protection, with the glory all around you. That's why they cannot see you. So that brought some sort of release over my life. And now I knew, okay, that gave me like the strength to just continue. I started now to learn more about deliverance, spiritual warfare, eventually I knew some things from the occultism of the Lord. It started to give me more revelation about iniquities, about blood sacrifices, about objects, about how to help people to break mental health illness. And the Holy Spirit actually told me to go to the root of the issue and gave me the word of knowledge to help all of these people that were battling th things for like years. So that's some so sort of the process that I'm still going through. I believe that there's still so much to learn. There's still so much to give to God and, and, and surrendering, right? Because being a Christian is that, that every single day you surrender more and more and more to God so he can manifest in your life. Julie, you've been in Spain and London. Obviously, you were born in Colombia. Uh, you're back in Colombia. Um, and, you know, we got the opportunity to be here partly because God also connecting and uh, connecting us with you. And... Um, why why be back in Colombia? What is the Lord now putting in your heart as he's brought you back in this into this land that you once also did some other things? So, you know, I didn't want to come to Colombia. It wasn't in my plans. It wasn't in my dreams. In my dreams was, okay, I'm, I'm being trained now um, as a prophet to the nations. I'm being trained now in deliverance in all of these areas for Europe for Spain, for the UK, no for Latin America. And the Lord started to speak to me really strong about move to Colombia. I didn't know why at that point, that was one year and a half ago, I was confused. I was like, Lord, you took me out of the witchcraft. You took me out of that place. You gave me a new life in here. Why did you want to take me back to my nation where I suffer so much? And the Lord told me, like, he gave me uh, he started to brought to my mind Mo Moses and how Moses was put in um, Egypt and he was raised in there. He learned everything in there and then the Lord took him back to his people to send his people free. So when the Lord told me that, I'm like, okay, you are telling me to go back to my nation. I'm going to go back. So in a matter of three months, me and my husband, my kids, we gave everything away. We packed our bags. We came literally with just nothing, just like hope that God is going to provide you're going to open doors in here. And we came in here. And as we came in here, now the Lord started to show us, like, now your mission is to raise the 7,000 prophets and apostles in Latin America, not only in Colombia, but in Latin America. So now our mission here is to restore the prophetic, because in Latin America, we see there's a lot of churches. So God doesn't need another church in here. And because there's a lot of churches, the prophetic was here. But what happened is that the prophetic has been defiled, has been tinted, right? There's a lot of people now that relate 
the prophecy, the prophets with money, or they just think that we are coming here to abuse people. So now my aim here is to raise other voices, other prophetic voices, restore the prophetic back into our nations and to release the apostolic. And eventually I believe that because I come from the occultism here in Colombia, in Latin America, there's a lot of witchcraft. And I have experienced it even throughout this year and I have the attacks. But I think because I come from there, the Lord has also given me the grace to come against that in my nation. So that's the process that um, we are going through right now here. Julia, how, how long have you been married now? You mentioned your husband. How long has that been? It's been 10 years now in November. Wow. It's going to be our anniversary now. Just, just curious, but how has that relationship impacted your life? How has God used your husband to help you through this process? Because I'm sure it's been a lot, uh, getting rid of it, all of all of these things and being in this process of even now walking in your calling. But how has that relationship impacted your life? The grace of God, because my husband, when I met him, he wasn't Christian. He was unconverted from head to top to bottom. He didn't want to know anything about God. He didn't believe in God. He was into science. He he was into the universe. He was really like logic. So you will have to, he will test and prove everything for him to be able to believe. So throughout all of this process, I felt like God used him First of all, to heal, because I have so much trauma. He used him to, to bring healing to me. And at the same time, I see that God also used me to bring him close to God. So throughout all of these years, he has seen the prophecies coming to pass. He has seen the deliverance in my life. He has seen all of these things that the Lord has been doing around my life. So now he cannot say, I don't believe. He doesn't say I am a Christian, but he says there's there there's something. Mm. If there's Jesus, there has to be something here because I have seen it now with my own lives, with my own eyes, what the Lord has been doing in my wife's life. So it's been a beautiful process. It's been hard eventually because as a Christian wife, having an unconverted husband, it's been warfare too. There, there were points where I said to God, I cannot fulfill my mission with him. He's not Christian. I'm going to divorce him. At the beginning, I had that. And the Lord rebuked me and he told me, you are not going to divorce him. You are one flesh. Now you have to fight for him. So I feel like my first battle that I faced with, was with him, fighting for him, praying for him, fasting for him, believing God that he will encounter him at some point. And he did. He's still in that process. But this, the grace of God has been throughout all of this situation in this marriage, even like moving in here. He didn't want to move. Eventually, it's a huge step, moving your family, your kids, your job, everything, how we are going to move. And he said no at first. And I told God, God, if this is your will, I will do it. I will be obedient and I will move, but I don't want to move in division. So you have to speak to him. I remember my husband tells me that um, actually the next day after I spoke to my husband, my husband just comes to me in the morning and he, the first thing that he says was, let's move. And he never told me what happened. I found out months later that he had an encounter with God that, that night and God told him, support Yuli, support her, move. So from that moment, we just pack everything and we just move. So every time that the Lord tells me something, I also look for confirmation in him because I know that God uses him also to speak, to confirm, to bring guidance. So it's, it's beautiful. This process has been amazing growing both of us in the Lord. Amen. Julie, who is Jesus to you? 
Oh, God. Jesus. Jesus is my savior. He just changed my life. I will say he is my everything. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. And I know that if he wasn't here, I wouldn't be here. I would be lost. I would be dead. And that's why for me, having the intimacy with him is so important. Jesus for me is everything. He is my savior. And I know it might sound cliche, 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 but he is my redeemer. He is my savior. He is my father. Because when I lost my father, the first encounter that I had was with the father. The first encounter that I had with, with, with his love, with his salvation. So he is for me, my father my savior, my redeemer, and is so much more that I couldn't even, I couldn't even say is like, you have to feel it and live it to be able to experience that. Hmm. Now, Julie, there's a, there's a lot of people now in this generation in our generation and even the upcoming generations that are involved in witchcraft. Um, it's something that is all over our TVs and all over the stores and it's just, we're bombarded with it. Could you just give a word of encouragement to those who maybe are in that same place that you once were, feeling hopeless, not knowing what to do? Maybe have they have dabbled in witchcraft and don't know how to get rid of it, made packs, um, and are experiencing that heaviness, that weight, demonic attacks. Could you just give a word of a, a wisdom, a word of encouragement to those who are watching right now? I know that one of the things were people are trying to leave the occultism, the new age. They're trying to get rid of those things. One of the thoughts, eventually it came to my mind too, and I find a lot of people trying to leave the world. They have the same thing. I'm losing my power. And they feel like they are just giving away now this power that they have built through the occultism. And eventually some people cannot get rid of the power. They don't want to surrender everything to Jesus and they end up coming back. But I always said this, you don't lose anything with Jesus. He gives you more. The enemy is the one that takes you. He will take your life. He will take your happiness. He will take your mind for his purposes. People in the occultism, in the new age, sometimes it's so easy to get involved in that and it's offensive and it looks just innocent, but you don't realize that as time passed by, you are building up, you are building up things. And now you find yourself with depression. You find yourself with panic attacks. You find yourself with anxiety, with certain addictions and with poverty. And you don't know why all those things are coming. If you are doing these rituals, if you're having these crystals, if you're having these declarations, why is my life still so chaos around me? And it's because the enemy doesn't give you anything for free. God gives you grace and salvation for free right? The enemy doesn't give you anything for free. So if you are wa watching this and you are thinking and leaving that life behind, my advice for you is that you don't lose anything when you come to Jesus. In fact, you gain, you gain happiness, you gain the freedom, you gain all of those things that only being in God, you can experience those things. And I know some of you might have been experiencing even the warfare right now. You might have been trying to get rid of those things. And, you know, the warfare is not eternal. What you are experiencing right now is the enemy trying to push you down, trying to bring you back to him to scare you. But once you decide in your heart, I don't want this life anymore. I don't have to do anything with darkness. You come to Jesus and there is a protection there. And don't think that 
you know, you are going to lose your gift. Because I know that there's a lot of people that, you know, say like, okay, I come to Jesus, but what about my gift? Mm -hmm. What about my dreams? You, you know, the calling and the gift are irrevocable. You are not going to lose those things because that's your things. Like in my case, I am now working for God's kingdom. I am a Christian now. And I don't feel my gifts have been removed from me. I feel like if something now has been increased, God is now like training me more in these areas to help other people. So... Just come to Jesus. This is the right place to be. There's nothing to fear in this side. And you know that even if there's warfare, you know that you are protected in God's arm. Yeah. Julie, for those who are watching and are ready to give their life to Jesus, or maybe even rededicate their lives uh, to the Lord, could you just pray for them as they're watching on the other side of the screen right now? Yeah. So even if you are in this situation right now where you feel that you want to rededicate your life, that you have done any of the things that I have mentioned throughout my testimony related with the occultism, or you're just realizing, I don't want this life anymore. I don't want to live in sexual immorality. Just when you there where you are, as I'm praying, that you come to a point where you start to repent and to confess because repentance is linked to deliverance. You want to be set free. You have to open your mouth and confess with your mouth, first of all, that Jesus is Savior, but you have to confess also and repent and renounce all of the practices that you have done. So let's just pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I just I just want to bring every person, Father, right now that is watching, Lord, this video, that's watching, Father, this testimony, Father, I want to bring them, Lord, to your hands right now. And Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that those, Father, that have been looking to have a visitation, Father, those that have been looking to have an experience, those that have been, Father, hungry in this season to know the truth, I just declare, Father, that the truth will make them free. Father, I just come against every spirit, Father, that has been trying to bring blockage, every spirit of confusion, every spirit of life, every spirit, Father, of terror. I just command those spirits to lose your people right now in the name of Jesus every witchcraft even father there's there's some of them that have been trying even to get rid of witchcraft that have been trying to remove those things and they have been suffering from counterattack. I just pled the blood of Jesus upon their life upon their household and I just declare Lord that no weapon formed against them shall prosper the father that your promises father are yes and amen I even see some of you that the Lord has given you even promises for your family. The Lord is telling you right now, have I not said to you that my promises are yes and amen. Father, I release right now your shalom around your people. I release your freedom around them. And thank you, Holy Spirit, because I just declare that even for some of them, this is going to be the beginning of having that encounter with Jesus. I declare even, Father, right now, dreams. I declare, Father, right now, even visions being released to them right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I bless them. And I declare, Father, that with this blessing, those courses start to break. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Julie, any last words for those who are watching your testimony right now? God is good all the time and all the time He's good. It doesn't matter what you are going through. He is still good and He still reigns and He on the cross, he said, it is finished. So we don't have to do anything to make it more finished. It is already finished on the cross. So all we have to do here is release that on earth, release that on our families, release that in whatever 
circumstance you are going through, release that, it is finished. We are just bringing that here on earth and establishing that truth that he is the king, that he is the Lord and it is already finished. He has already done it. 